0: OWC Radio number 31. I'm Tim Robertson here with OWC Radio. And, uh, you know, when I first started OWC Radio, it was wintertime. And uh, the office I had at that point was out by Interstate 94 here in West Michigan. And uh, I had done a few recordings using my iPhone outside. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I kind of want to do that again. The reason being... A lot of people think of the technology as just at their desk, either at work or at home. And for me and probably a lot of you, it's in both places. But, you know, we take our technology with us nowadays, especially our iPhones. Some of us are iPads. Um, and our laptops, our MacBooks, or our MacBook Pros. And so it's interesting, I think, to every now and then get outside and use the technology... To do things in situations that you usually wouldn't do. In this case, recording part of a podcast on my iPhone outside. Now, yes, I know the audio quality isn't the greatest, but that's kind of the point, you know. You don't want... not everything has to be perfect. And I think just the experience of recording something outside when you're talking into your phone and people walk by and look at you kind of weird is kind of the point it's kind of fun it's I like it and so I thought I would open this week's show I'll finish it in the studio but opening this week's show I thought I would do it 200 yards from my office on a very nice warm a little bit breezy and I hope the breeze there's an ant on me get off an ant. I literally put my hand on a rail and an ant crawled on my arm right there See, that's not going to happen when you're sitting in a quiet studio with perfect recording equipment. So where I'm at, I'm in downtown Battle Creek, Michigan. Um, a little walkway that I like to uh, spend my lunch hours on occasionally. I'll go outside and uh, walk up and down both sides of this walkway. And the walkway is on two sides of um, a river. I, I'm not sure if it's the Battle Creek River or the Kalamazoo River. It's one of the two regardless it's a nice scene uh, right before I hit record and started recording this I took a couple pictures with my iPhone and if you want to see the pictures that I took uh, two, three, four pictures go to OWC Radio look for show number 31 and I will have the pictures there so check them out you can see what they look like completely unedited I'm not going to do anything with them uh, the raw pictures taken from the iPhone right at OWCRadio.com but I, I kind of wanted to experiment a little bit recording outside hear the traffic noise, the birds the river is not moving very fast so you're probably not going to hear that but just kind of open the show a little different this time have a little fun a pigeon just landed real close to me now see if I walk by a little squeak or something go on, scooch nope, he just gave me a dirty look I don't blame him, I would have too so, think about how you use your technology, not just sitting at your desk, at work or at home, but out and about. I'd love to know how you use your technology when you're not at home. What do you use your iPhone for? Are you listening to podcasts? Do you use the GPS functionality? Play games when you're waiting online at the bank? I'm very curious. I'd love to hear how you're using it. Send me an email, podcast at max Com. so i'm gonna wrap up this segment and head back into the studio because lunch is just about up and uh i want to hear what this sounds like myself okay everyone back in the studio now and oh, i gotta say i just had a uh subway chicken salad sandwich six inch mm, yummy they put grapes in there really good my uh i don't want to say highest recommendation because you know i don't give highest recommendations for almost anything but I enjoyed that. That was tasty. So what is going on in the Mac world right now? You know, Apple just released a brand new Mac Mini. Of course, I just bought a Mac Mini like a month and a half, two months ago. So no surprise, they just released a new one. Still and all, it looks like a very impressive little box. It's got an all-new aluminum enclosure. It's got, and this is really exciting, HDMI port. You know what that tells me? Apple finally figured out that we Mac users are using our Mac minis, at least a lot of us, in our living rooms connected to our televisions. It's kind of an entertainment system type of computer. That's how I'm using mine. I know quite a few people that use them that way. In fact, at MacSales.com, we have a video on how to connect a Mac mini to your television. The new one makes it even simpler because you don't need an adapter, just an HDMI port, if you have, of course, an HDMI-equipped television. And if you've got a a flat screen within the last couple years, you have one. Supports up to 1080p, of course, and that'll just make everything look really good. I'm kind of, you know... It, it looks like a nice machine, but I have absolutely no plans to get rid of the Mac Mini I own currently and get this because I don't really need it. I've got uh, an, a display adapter that goes from the Mini Display Port to HDMI, and it works fine. So I didn't need um, this one with an HDMI port. And for honestly, for what I'm using the Mac Mini for, uh, my daughter uses it more than I do. My youngest daughter, anyways to look at nickjunior.com and Disney and stuff like that in the living room. It works great. And I do use it occasionally to, um, Oh geez, Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that. Stuff that's not available on the Apple TV. Speaking of the Apple TV, <clears throat> mine's not working right now. It's turned on. I even pulled the plug and plugged it back in to make sure it rebooted correctly. But my iTunes is not seeing it. And, uh, Er, you know what I mean? So that's kind of irritating. But I haven't spent a whole lot of time researching. I'm thinking if I reset it back to factory standards, which means I have to resync everything to it, it'll probably work just fine. But with the Mac Mini sitting there, I can always use the Mac Mini to look at anything that I've got in iTunes on any of the computers in the house. So, you know, it might almost be time to retire the Mac Mini to be, or I'm sorry, the Apple TV to be honest. Because the Mac Mini is just much more versatile. I can see all kinds of content. I can see all the other computers in the house that are running iTunes sharing, and uh, stream any of that video content to the Mac Mini. It's you know it's it's one of those things that you think you're going to use it more often than you do. I think, and for me, I, I'm just not. Um, it might help if I install or put on um, some additional hard drive space to it. Now I can put a bigger hard drive in there, but for me, um, I've got a newer tech mini stack that I am currently using on the iMac in the office at home, but I'm thinking about taking that mini stack and putting it right underneath or right above the Mac mini. It's got the same form factor, so it's going to fit right on top. Great. And it's got one terabyte of storage on it. So that would make the Mac mini even better, but I haven't decided yet, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you think it's going to be a great idea until you actually start using it. And I just don't use it that much. I do have a wireless mouse and keyboard, and that helps. But mm, I don't know. I, I'm undecided. I really like the Apple TV. I like using the remote on the Apple TV. It's such a big pain to have to pull out a wireless keyboard and a wireless mouse. And I've got this little, uh, I don't even know what you call it. it. It's supposed to be a laptop stand or a laptop. I don't even know what you call it. it. It's not a stand. It sits on your lap, and then your laptop sits on top of it. And it's got one area that's nice and smooth for a mouse. And it works great, but it's it's just bulky. You don't want a keyboard and a mouse sitting in your lap while you're trying to watch television. Plus, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, so <laughs> that doesn't really work all that well, right? So I haven't decided yet. I, I like the simplicity of the Apple TV with the little remote. Um, and I talked about buying the little... Aluminum remote control a couple months back at the Macworld Expo at the Apple Store. And I you know I just I really like using a remote rather than a keyboard and a mouse. So I don't know I'd, I'd love to hear what your opinions are. Do you have a Mac Mini sitting in your living room? an Apple TV? Why? Why are you using one and not the other? That's you know, price is a big deal. The new Mac mini is 699. That's kind of expensive if you ask me weren't they just 599 ninety nine before if i'm not mistaken that's a hundred dollar increase so it has an uh 2.4 gigahertz intel core 2 duo two gigs of ram which eh, i think you probably need to update that 320 gig hard drive eight times superdrive Nvidia geoforce 32 m graphics you know going back to the uh the ram Issue two, gigabyte, two gigabytes of memory. I don't think that's enough nowadays. I really don't. The Mac OS demands a lot of stuff, especially if you're sitting there watching a lot of videos and streaming content to that Mac Mini in the living room. I think, honestly, the more memory, the better, right? That's always been the rule of thumb. The, the most important upgrade that you can do to a computer is adding more memory. Now, if you do that with the Mac Mini, if you get that memory through Apple... It's going to cost you a lot more money. If you go to MacSales.com, right now we have the newer tech, new RAM memory upgrades. You can get 8 gigabytes of RAM for the Mac Mini. That's two 4-gigabyte matched memory modules for 249 But if you just want to double it, if you just want to go to 4 gigs, that's 134 So if you're looking at the Mac Mini, definitely upgrade the RAM. But don't get it through Apple. Get it through us. You're going to save a lot of money. We warranty this memory for life. It's backed by a lifetime warranty. 50%, up to 50% lower cost than if you get an 8 gig memory upgrade from Apple. And one of the nice things about the new Mac Mini, it has a removable bottom for very easy RAM access. So that's pretty cool. I've got some feedback I wanted to talk about, and this is from Albert. Now, in the last show, I was talking about Safari 5 and the new features, the Safari Reader. And I've really started liking this more and more. The more I use it, the more I like it. And uh, so this is an email from Albert, and he goes, Yes, Tim, I admit it, I stopped your podcast. I just had to try Safari Reader. It works slick. I am legally blind and tend to wander up and down a line or more when reading large articles, and the Safari Reader makes m- Reading much easier with larger type and less distractions plus Albert you can there's a little button right there that you can make the text larger if you need to as well. going back to his email, I looked in the edit menu and found speech start speaking option. I used to copy Safari text and paste in a text edit to use this feature so this is a big help to me yeah i I know a lot of people one of the things that um I found out in podcasting very early on that podcasts are actually very, very popular in the blind community. And it was something I never even thought of. And a lot of people have asked me in the past, why don't I go to an enhanced version of this podcast And the last podcast I did? And the reason I didn't is because there was more MP3 players than there is an enhanced podcast player, if you will. Now you can play an enhanced podcast, say on the iPhone and stuff like that. But you can play an MP3 on anything, and I wanted any show that I do to be as compatible with any device as possible. Keeping in mind that that's a lot of um, sight impaired people aren't using iPhones because it's almost impossible to use if you're if you're blind. But there's a lot of other mp3 players that are much easier to use by touch and feel but they can't play an enhanced podcast so i just always kept it as an mp3 for that reason alone back to the email i then used to add uh, i then use add shortcuts features to add keyboard shortcuts to start speaking and stop this may help everyone who reads larger articles letting safari read the article to you while you work on something else i love it if you remember my earlier note I did get a newer tech mini stack. It is right underneath my two Mac Minis, cute as can be. You got two Minis, man. You rock, Albert. So you got like a stack there, don't you? So you've got a mini, a mini, and a mini stack. <laughs> it's not so much a mini stack at this part, at this point, Albert. That's a that's a stack of computers there. It is not as loud as a Mac or so. There's another one that you got, a Mac or. And it has an on-off button, so I could turn it off and on to back up my files. I went to a website which features a long article, opened Safari Reader, and hit Start Speaking. It read 1 of 39, read, read it all, and then started 2 of 39, 3 of 39, etc. I thought that was pretty neat. So thank you very much, Albert. He with a stack of Mac minis and hard drives galore. I'm curious what else you use your computer for, uh, to be honest, Albert. What are you using it on a daily basis for? Getting back to some news, iTunes is updated to 9.2. This is compatible with iPhone 4 and iOS 4. That's going to take me a while to get used to saying that, iOS. But I want to talk about iTunes in general um, a little bit more in one second. But first, Apple pre-sold 600,000 iPhone 4s. And for the record, none of them were to me. I did not pre-order an iPhone 4. Uh, I will get one. Uh, let's be honest. I'm, I'm gonna get one, and when I do, I'm going to pass my iPhone 3GS, 32 gigabyte, blah 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 blah, to my wife, because she's got my original iPhone. And when I say original, I mean the original iPhone that I paid what 5.99 for four years ago. Ouch, that that was painful. Um, but she wants a, a better iPhone now. Uh, some of the games that she's playing. Or some of the things that she wants to do with the iPhone, um, specifically the GPS stuff, she can't do with the original iPhone. So, you know, I, I, it's not that I want a better iPhone than her. That's why I'm going to take iPhone 4. It's that I do a lot of product reviews and um, a lot of the stuff that we're selling at O D B C now eventually are going to be iPhone 4 compatible. So I need the newer iPhone to test that stuff. At least that's what I'm telling my wife. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll get one. I don't know if I'm going to try to get one on launch day. I don't even know if I'm going to try to get one early summer. I may wait. I might wait to uh, end of July or something, and then I'll look into it. Mac OS 10.6.4 was released. A lot of new features, or a lot of bug fixes, I should say. Uh, I'll go through a few of them. Improves compatibility with some Braille displays. Resolves an issue that causes the keyboard or trackpad to become unresponsive. Resolves an issue that may prevent some Adobe Creative Suite 3 applications from opening. That was a big deal not too long ago, remember? When Snow Leopard came out, uh, CS3 applications weren't working. So it looks like Apple fixed that, not Adobe. Addresses issues copying, renaming, or deleting files on an SMB file server. Improves reliability of VPN connections. That'll be nice for me because I use VPN quite often and uh, craps out all the time. So hopefully this will cure that problem of mine. Resolves a playback issue in DVD player when using good quality deinterlacing. interlacing Resolves an issue of editing photos with iPhoto or Aperture in full screen. Uh, some parental control time limits, display sleep issues with MacBook Pro early 2010 computers, resolves an issue with MacBook Pro early 2010 computers in which the right speaker may sound lighter louder than the left. And includes Safari 5 and security improvements. So there's some other stuff in here too, but I think those are the, uh, the big ones. Well, unless you're a photographer... Raw image compatibility for additional digital cameras resolves an issue with third-party USB web cameras, resolves an issue with uh, noise with some third-party FireWire audio devices, and resolves pairing issues with Apple remotes. So all pretty important stuff. You know, here's what happened with me. I updated my at-home Macintosh, the iMac, to 10.6.4. I downloaded the Combo installer. Now, I used to just do it through software update, but I had problems with that in the past. And I had read online at numerous sites and hearing from different people that the combo updater was actually the way you want to do it. You download the combo, upload it or update it that way, and um, it's a lot more reliable. So that's what I did. It was like almost 900 megabytes. So I downloaded it, ran the installer, everything seemed to go okay the machine machine the machine rebooted but i never got to my login screen i could see my background you know the snow leopard purple and i don't know pink background whatever the colors they are and it just hung there for a long time while i was doing other things around the house and i kept peeking at it and it didn't get any farther after about 2 hours i just went in there shut it down restarted it and it rebooted just fine so i figured i didn't i didn't honestly I didn't think too much about it i'm at the moment I'm putting a brand new hardwood floor in my dining room, so that's where my thoughts were at seven o'clock at night, not what my Mac is doing so around nine o'clock later that night, I fired up iTunes to see if there's any updates to the podcast I'm listening to or um some apps that I might want to get for the iPad, and I would get one bounce in the dock of iTunes, and I would get a crash report dialogue. Oops. Now, mail launched just fine. When you first launch mail after updating to, and I'm talking about the mail app, the first time you update to 1064, it does something to mail, and it had to rebuild my whole database. I've got a lot of emails, and it took like almost an hour. And I waited for that to get done before I tried to launch iTunes again. And I got the same crash error. So I rebooted the computer, didn't do anything else, launched iTunes, crashed. didn't do anything. One bounce of the dock, crash report came up. So I was a little disappointed. I thought, well, maybe there was some update to iTunes that I didn't notice that I need to apply under macOS 10.6.4. But there wasn't. So I downloaded iTunes, the full install, again, from the Apple website, installed it, rebooted the machine. It didn't require a reboot, but when you're having problems rebooting, doesn't hurt. Launched it, nothing. Didn't work. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, this is not good. What I usually will do in situations like this is I will actually trash the preferences for the application. I found over the years with Mac OS X that preferences tend to, to get corrupt on you. And if I would trash my preferences, the application would work. Unfortunately, if I trash the applications or if I trash the preferences to iTunes, I may lose all my playlists and all that stuff and all the ratings to all the music that I've rated in my library. And oh, that would be a nightmare. But it was then that I remembered that after I applied the 10.6.4 update, my machine didn't boot correctly, that I had to restart it to get it to work again. Well, I still had the combo installer in my downloads folder, so all I did was run that again. Now, I wasn't sure if this was gonna correct my problem or not, because it seemed like it was a QuickTime-specific problem. Every other application that I launched worked fine, but I figured it, it can't hurt, right? So I ran the installer again, 20 minutes later, My machine was done rebooting, and it rebooted fine this time. I launched mail. It didn't go through the whole import again. I quit mail, launched uh, iTunes, and I got a dialogue from iTunes popping up saying, Welcome to iTunes. Would you like to use this for your internet streaming? Would you like us to look for all your music on your hard drive? I thought, Oh, crap. It doesn't know about my previous playlists. What am I going to do? Well, there's not much I can do, so I just went ahead and uh said yes, you know, look look for or you can play internet radio. No, I will find all my music and drag it to iTunes myself. I never let iTunes do that, by the way. Um It gave me another dialogue box, I forget what it said. And then iTunes window popped up and all my playlists were there. Thank goodness. All my all my podcasts were there. It remembered exactly where I had left off listening to a couple of audiobooks. So everything was there on my apps, everything. And uh, <laughs> I was relieved, to, to say the least. Now, but it did get me thinking. iTunes has been out for a long time now. And probably like most of you, I followed along updating the application as new versions were released. But here's my question: Is it time for Apple to rewrite iTunes as a brand new application from the ground up? I mean, a complete rewrite of the code base and everything. Because let's be honest, this is pretty old software that we're. I mean, we were using this software to sync our very first generations of iPad or of iPods back in 2001. So the software was created, what, nine years ago at this point. And I know darn well that Apple hasn't rewritten it since then. They're just adding new stuff to it and patching and replacing some of the code and that sort of thing. But it's not a complete rewrite. It's got a lot of that old code still in there. And while it is working, it seems to be a little flaky I mean, it's so much more. It used to just be a way to organize your music, right? And then it was a way to burn your CDs. You could take your digital music and burn it to a CD. Remember the whole uh, rip, burn share commercials that Apple used to run? I do. And then it was a way to transfer the music on your computer in iTunes to your iPod. And that was pretty cool. But then it became iTunes was the way that you found and subscribed and listened to podcasts and, of course, synced them to your iPod. And then TVs and movies came available. So the iTunes Music Store wasn't just music. It was TVs and music. <laughs> Actually, let's back up. After all that, Apple released the iTunes Music Store, which is part of iTunes. So that was another update. So now you can listen to music. You can buy music through the same software. Now you could buy movies and television shows through the same software. Then the iPhone comes out, and now that's going to sync with the same application, iTunes. And then the App Store comes out, and now that's the way we organize and keep track and buy the apps for our iPhone. Then the iPad comes out, and same thing. So as time goes on, Apple keeps adding more and more and more to iTunes. iTunes itself is almost like an operating system at this point, isn't it? So the question is, is it time for Apple, starting, I would say, with iTunes 10, to release a brand new version of the software... That's much more streamlined, gets rid of a lot of that old code base that I think is slowing down the application and causing it to crash on some people. I've had problems with iTunes for a few years now. It does feel a little clunky because they keep adding more stuff to it without taking other stuff out of it, if that makes sense. And I'm just wondering if we would all be better served if Apple just basically started from scratch. Now, obviously, we still want the ability to have playlists. We still want the ability to rate our music. It's got to be the place that we go to buy our music in iTunes Music Store and our apps and our movies and our TV shows. So it's got to do all those things, including syncing with the iPhone, iPad, iPod. Boy, I say that a couple times fast. I, iPhone, iPad, I, what did I miss? Now I'll start, I'll go older to newer. So iPod, iPhone, iPad. There we go. Oh, and let's not forget the Apple TV. It syncs with the Apple TV. So there's four different classes of devices that iTunes has to sync with. Plus, if that's not enough, it shares its content with home sharing through other iTunes users in your local area network. As long as you have permission and someone's sharing their library, it's through iTunes that you do that just a mammoth amount of stuff that iTunes does that we really take for granted, how complex and big this software is and how important it is to our digital daily lives now. So my question, again, should it be rewritten? I'd love to hear what your opinions are on this because I'm not going to presume that or pretend that I know, know exactly what needs to be changed or why or how I'm not a programmer, but more important, your users of the software, just like I am, we're the ones that we have we have to live with this software, pretty much every day. A day doesn't go by that I'm not plugging in either my iPhone, my wife's iPhone. For a long time, I was plugging in my uh, second-to-oldest daughter's iPod. We finally migrated her to the MacBook she uses to sync with. Um, my youngest daughter, she's got an iPod Shuffle. We sync to that very infrequent, to be honest, but yet we still do. So my iPhone, my wife's, I've got a fifth generation iPod that I updated the hard drive in. It's got like a a 250 gig hard drive in it. Um, And I don't sync that very often, maybe once every couple months, but still there's another device, the Apple TV, all the other computers I'm sharing iTunes with, the iPad. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm using iTunes for. And I think if if Apple had the opportunity to basically start from scratch knowing, okay, these are the the 10 things that the software has to do, how much better would iTunes be if they could start from scratch and make it a very robust, state-of-the-art piece of software that we all have to use on a daily basis? How much better would it be? If they could kind of leave the past behind, saying that's the way we used to do things, here's the new way to do it, and so we're gonna completely rewrite the software. Now this is not an unprecedented thing that that I'm suggesting. Apple did exactly this with iTunes or I'm sorry, with iMovie. Remember when iMovie um HD came out, that was the last version of the, if you will, classic version of iMovie, the last version that I actually enjoyed using. I hate the new iMovie. I, I think it's a atrocious horrible piece of software. So maybe that <laughs> that doesn't bode well for Apple rewriting iTunes. But it's not unprecedented for Apple to, to basically take an idea, take a piece of software, and just start from scratch again. And I'd really like them to do that with iTunes. I really would. You know, at this point, for a lot of people, iTunes and the web browser and maybe their email is their computer. Those are the three things that they use more than anything else on their computer. How much of the uh, – maybe I shouldn't even go down that road. I was going to say how much of the rest of the computer could Apple strip out and, and give us a Mac Mini type of computer that only did those three things, email, web browsing, and iTunes. Maybe iPhoto 2. Maybe iPhoto 2. I don't know. I think it's kind of an, a, a neat idea. I would love to hear what you guys think. What would you take away or add to a brand-new version of iTunes if um, if you had the ear of someone at Apple and could make the suggestions? Because, you know, let's not forget Apple is run by people, and we're people. So <laughs> they don't have the best ideas every time, and I'm sure you guys have some great ideas. I would love to share your ideas here on the show. You could either send me um, an email, podcast at maxsales.com, or if you have an iPhone or an iPod Touch with a headphone, if you go to your voice memos on your iPhone, you can actually record yourself audio-wise. So simply record yourself, and then when you're done, hit the sharing button and send that as an email to podcast at max sales.com and I'll play that right here on the show. Now, you heard what I sounded like at the beginning using my iPhone and voice memo outside recording myself. Now, you know, I listened to it just briefly, just a couple of parts while I was editing the show here and um, the wind was kind of an issue. I can hear that. So that was a little bit annoying. Um, but if you're inside, that's, that's not an issue. Uh, one of our listeners here, um, Jim Felder, sent me some private audio. Uh, was. Well, he asked me not to share it, so I won't. But he sent that from his car. He was driving and recording it, and it sounded fantastic. I mean, it, it really did. So if you don't mind doing that, that would be excellent, and I'll play it right here on the show, podcast at maxsales.com. Just go into voice memo, record, share, podcast at maxsales.com, send, and it will come to me. So like I was saying earlier, uh, that's pretty much all the Apple news that we've got today. I hope you guys, if you're going to pick up that new Mac Mini, save some money, get the newer tech new RAM. It's a lot cheaper, lifetime warranty. And with the new Mac Minis, you can open up the bottom and install the memory yourself. It's super simple. So definitely consider that. In the meantime, I'm going to sign off. I've got a ton of uh, video editing that I need to get done today. And uh, I'm kind of anxious to get back to that. Hope to hear from you soon. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.